Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Bear Share Show. This is your host, Andre Matoyer, and today I have a very special friend, guest of mine, and that is the awesome Mr. Jake Briscoe. Jake, how are you doing today? Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Excellent. So we've been friends for a whole three weeks now, right? <laughs> well, I guess that would depend on your definition of friends, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Met you, Denver Pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind that's of, right. Kind of a special moment. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. I mean, obviously we knew each other previously on social media, as all the bears typically do. But mm-hmm. yeah, we finally organically got to meet, in fact, which was pretty impressive, I'd say, since most people anymore just meet through hookup apps. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Definitely met old school. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. And Jake, I will say, has been a joy to get to know over the last three weeks. So looking forward to hanging out with you more, for sure. Um, but the reason why I brought you on is because me and you were talking a lot about this, and we know that it's very common just in general with men and in the gay community, but we hear this term thrown around a lot, and that is body dysmorphia, right? And I wanted to start with this because a lot of the root of the issues that we hear is about body dysmorphia, because that's where typically you know, you're not totally happy with what you look like. But what do you think that means, Jake? Because you have a lot of experience with this as well. <laughs> I have a lot of experience with body dysmorphia. I, I do, actually, yeah. unfortunately. Um, you know, body dysmorphia, if you're looking at it in just the most, let's say, general term, would be a, a focus on a body part or your overall aesthetic that turns more obsessive mm-hmm. um, to the point that it may affect mental health, that it can affect social interaction, um, confidence. confidence and yeah. of course it can also affect uh, physicality as well um, which you know we'll probably get into in a little bit um, as we further the discussion but yeah that, that's kind of what I see body dysmorphia as and of course there's there's different layers to body dysmorphia um, I think that people don't realize that it is classified as an actual mental illness right? it's not yeah. just a it's not just a disorder it's not something to take lightly it's not something that I think we should really joke about per se sure. um you know and and as i said there's layers so there's uh there's muscle dysmorphia which obviously is fairly prevalent within the bear community yeah, specifically. when we're gonna get into that for sure yeah yeah um you know but uh, there's all kinds of different types of, of body dysmorphia and i think that a much larger swath of the population experiences at least some form of that that maybe they don't even realize that that's actually what that is absolutely that's also exactly how I view body dysmorphia is essentially feeling like obsessive and simply unhappy or unsatisfied with your body. Um, and a lot of times that can cause you to sort of feel like warped as to a sense of reality of what you actually think you look like and how you actually respond to changes in your body. And, you know, we all change through life. That's part of aging and growing, etc. But when we have, unhealthily obsess about it that can become an issue because like you said it, it can affect how we interact with people and and how we carry yourself and it's it, it can definitely be a, a huge problem um, if we don't eventually learn how to work through those issues and it's interesting because when we hear about like body stuff or eating disorders or that whole thing we always associate that with women but mm-hmm. us being gay men, we know that to be not true, right? It's very prevalent with men. 
mm-hmm. even though you might not hear about it traditionally, a lot of men have this, and especially it's common in uh, the gay community. Um, so, like, why do you think it is that women sort of get the notice for this and men don't? So, I mean, to answer that, I think we need to look with a, a wider lens, look more holistically at, 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 at the human race, I guess, as a yeah. whole, right? Um, if we widen the lens out of just looking at uh, gay men or even the LGBT community mm-hmm. and look at it in terms of men versus women, uh, I mean, typically women are for sure much more likely to be judged for their appearance exactly. than, than what men are in general. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of times what, what can be very prevalent in um, heteronormative society isn't as prevalent in... Uh, uh, the LGBT community, but I would say, you know, that we certainly share a lot of similarities uh, with how women are treated, um, and unfortunately, that's something that we put upon ourselves, right? Is that because as gay men, like, so, like, women, straight women are the object of straight men, but they're still the object of men, but gay men... Gay men are still the object, object of, of men. men. <laughs> right, exactly, so we put some of that same pressure ourselves and we mirror some of that what women feel i think of course uh yeah i mean look you know i i don't think that it's fully fair to equate what women go through versus what gay men go through right we're still men at the end of the day and even the most feminine of us a lot of the time can still receive some form of privilege in the fact that you're a man versus a woman um and i think that that's a very important distinction to keep in mind But gay men historically have shared a lot of similar issues, struggles, problems that women do as well. And I think that's why women and gay men have always sort of attracted each other in terms of finding solace, friendship, solace between us is that, um, you know, we have experienced some, some similarities in our struggles. There's that double standard, right? Like women get a lot more harshly judged for their body. Well, let's not discount also the fact that that straight men do, in fact, also deal with a lot of body image issues. And, of course, a lot of that comes from media, social media, media, Hollywood. Um, You know, I don't don't always know that that gay men experience uh, the same level of uh, media-driven issues that maybe straight men do since we're not catered to as much. That's a huge point, actually. I will say that. That's, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I just, it's something that I've seen, at least, in yeah. I, I don't feel that I am uh, directly targeted by media or ads um, because, you know, I'm gay, so I don't really necessarily fit into what they are specifically looking at. But straight men, too, very much deal with, with body image issues, and sometimes it can be even more insidious because women have now, thank God, a lot of support from the rest of the world yes. for accepting their bodies. Yes. Men, I don't think in general, have that same level of um, uh, acceptance for that particular issue. Right. And I think that's because it's just not touched upon with men as much as it is with women. So, I've, right. sadly. Yeah. Which, yeah. And I, I think it's seen as weak, right? It always falls back to sort of that toxic masculinity of, like, uh, if, if I am experiencing mental health issues, if I'm experiencing body image issues, if I have an eating disorder, any of those things, they're, issues, yeah. right, they're considered weak, they're considered feminine. Um, and I think that it's very important that we continue to have these discussions yeah, so that we do bring all of the, 
the people, gay, straight, you know, whatever you want to say, yeah. together in this particular issue and say, let's address this holistically, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's also too, like, we kind of touched on it. Um, men are very visual, sexually, that's, that's a thing. Um, and so what's interesting is, not with everybody, but for a lot of times, a lot of men are attracted to, like, a certain type of body, and then they want to have that type of body. And so there's that kind of mind fuck, so to speak, where that happens. Yeah, I mean, that was that was literally you know what, I mean? what I was I was thinking is, what a mind fuck it is that in this community, yeah. specifically, we desire to not only have the body type that we're attracted to, but to uh, obtain it. Have it yourself. Right. Yeah. And I don't mean, I meant as in, I want to obtain this other person but i also want to obtain that person's look myself and incorporate it and and that's not something that you really see in other communities and i mean not everyone and every couple is like interested in the same type of guy as themselves um but i know from my experience that tended to be true um, I know when I was first sort of figuring things out and coming out, and I mentioned it in my coming out story, um, I tended to be attracted to certain guys um, that I first thought was envy because they had a certain body type or a body um, feature that I wish I had, and that sort of confused me. But ultimately, that is a form of comparison, and comparison when it comes to body image um, can definitely lead to body dysmorphia, especially when you're comparing yourself nowadays to maybe someone you see on Instagram or um, you know a friend or something like that. It can very much feel, um, I know in the gay community too, sometimes almost like a competition where you want to look the best um, because you're competing. It's silly, but it's true. And all of that and all of these things sort of factor into us reflecting on our own bodies and a lot of times feeling like we're not good enough and then therefore affecting how we think about our bodies and then adding to and contributing to our body dysmorphia issues, essentially. And I, I think that that calls back to a, to a previous point I made of that the way in which we are targeted with um, media and such that, um, that make us feel this way isn't the same, right? It's, it's almost like more catered it's more specific because uh, a lot of times we're looking at we're looking to like porn actors or oh, you know we're looking at definitely yeah. you know we're looking at people on social media that are you know Instagram famous or right. something again I, I think men are harder on themselves than people might assume in terms of um, body image issues but gay men especially and of course I, I look at it through the lens of the bear community since that's what I've been a part of for so yeah. long um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's it's very difficult when these communities now have become all about the the physicality, right? Like the bear community originally yeah. was born out as a counterculture to the young, thin, lithe, yeah. became the twink community. Um, and they were celebrated for being larger in a sense because, uh, you know, that, that extra weight that they carried kind of... I, I guess let people know that they weren't sick and it was also uh you know i don't want to shave my body i don't want to work out you know eight hours a day right. uh and eat nothing but salads uh, you know yeah. obviously generalizing but yeah. 
No, I get what you're saying. Being, but, going against the grain of traditional yeah. looks in, in homosexual culture. Right, and, I, and now I think most of us in the bear community can probably come together and agree that the community itself has really become sort of what it stood against initially, uh, and that's not something that, uh, I'm not saying this is like some, oh my god, wow, you know, no one's ever said this kind of thing before. No, no, we we've all said it. it. Yeah, we've addressed a little bit in my first episode with my friend Joe, mm -hmm. there's sort of that sort of hierarchical culture coming in with those that have a certain type of body, I would say more like the muscle guys, tend to be... Right, but but who who created that hierarchy? I we mean, did. Yeah. We created that hierarchy. We, 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 we are so um, dead set on self-oppression. We're so dead set on continuing to adopt the, the labels and the, um, the compartmentalization that the rest of the gay community and even the broader you know, uh, straight community does as well. We like to put ourselves in boxes. We like to categorize ourselves because it's easier. Easier. Right, it's you don't have to you don't have to think about it, and also from what I've seen, I think it allows other gay men to not have to practice empathy near as much. Right, That's it's it, it's much easier to disconnect and not try to understand another person because they don't look the way that the community wants them to look. It's easy to sweep those people under the rug because they don't fit in with the community. Well, it kind of goes, I've, I've talked about this with some people too, where um, people are trying to be more, make more of an effort to be friends and like people that they are attracted to. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? So yes, like, absolutely. There's, there tends to be people that you uh, will notice, you'll give more attention to or want to be friends with and want to be around because you find them attractive. Of course. I think we've all been a little yeah. bit guilty of doing that, even sure. subconsciously. Sure. And that's, but it, again, it ties back into the body preferences and the body at least with body dysmorphia, turn it back onto yourself. So mm -hmm. people always say, hey, Andre, you're cute. Great. But that doesn't mean I don't have my own issues. So I struggled with body dysmorphia for years. I still do as to this day. Um, people will tell me, hey, I really like your belly. I, I hate it. Um, I hate my belly. Um, well, so you know I relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> but Jake, like, since we've been hanging out recently, how many times have I said, oh, like some fat guy at the counter, I'm talking about myself, right? Like, so, yeah, I, I called you out about that literally yesterday exactly. and said, do you realize how often you add the term fat as a uh, as a negative sure. when you make what I assume you feel at the time are jokes? Yes, and I'm doing that sort of as a way to compensate for my pain of guilt of having it. Sure. You know, like, yeah. I don't like that about myself. Which is insane when you think about it because yeah. the bear community, right? That's it's it's supposed to be all about loving and accepting yes. bigger bodies. But why don't so many of us love and accept our bigger bodies in a community that is supposed to love and accept bigger bodies? Correct. It's because you're still in a society where that's not the norm. You're still being told be healthy by your doctor. You know, and well healthy is a different topic. We can talk about later, but like you're still told, hey, be a certain look, be a certain way by external stimuli that then you're told by a community, you know, hey, you look great. Um, so yeah, it's a disconnect. It's a, it's a, a cognitive disconnect. dissonance almost. So I remember I was 350 pounds in 2018-19. I was the largest I've ever been. But I was go-go dancing. I mean, you don't think of go-go dancers being like 350 pounds. You think of them being like muscle guys, right? Like, especially if you're new to the gay community. Typically. Typically, right? And people would say, oh, Andre, will you hold it well? Or, oh, you're stocky or, oh, like, whatever. But, like, 
they let that get to me and be like, oh, well, I can push worrying about my body or like I would just let people kind of let me, I don't know. I use that as an excuse to kind of like get over my body dysmorphia in a way like, oh, but but it wasn't, really it, it wasn't over getting it. over it. Not the right word, but you know what I mean? Like help deal with it, I guess. Like, hey, people were telling me I'm cute. So I didn't feel better. It was better. a band-aid. It was a, it was a band-aid. And that's kind of where I was trying to post more thirst traps and trying to get more attention. It was just to make myself feel better because deep down I was really feeling like shit and really guilty. And it was because of those things. Like if you would ask me, what do you hate the most? It was my belly. It was the fact that I was, you know, my cheeks were getting bigger. Like all those sort of things. Like those are the things that were bothering me. And um, that contributes to what I feel like I have now, which is major body dysmorphia. Like I lost a bunch of weight and I still feel like gross. And people will be like, oh no, you look great. And I'm like, no. Well, there, right there. That's gross. actually, that's something I, I did want to make sure that I brought up when we sat down and decided to have a discussion about this topic. Because yeah. I, I certainly, anybody that does know me knows that I've dealt with this pretty severely yes. most of my life, right? And um, I, I wanted to say, you know, some people might ask, like, okay, well, if, if somebody's feeling that way, like, how do I how do I address that for them? How do I help them? And, and the best thing that I can say, I think the number one mistake that people make where, where they think that they're helping, they think that what they're saying is going to sort of allay the pain and the anxiety is saying oh no 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 you're not you're fine you look great you look handsome right you, you look sexy you look great i never bought that well it, here's the thing right so i i deal with i deal with really severe social anxiety disorder i deal with body dysmorphia issues right and the we're aware that it's irrational you know that the thought sure. is irrational you know that how yeah. you're feeling isn't logically the truth. But yeah, all that's doing when someone says, no, 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 you look great. We, we, <laughs> that's the problem. It, it's, it's this, uh, this very cyclical, very, um, sort of like sick, uh, cycle that we go through in our heads of like, we know that it's not real, but we also can't accept that it's not real. Right, because we our our minds literally will not let you say I'm okay. Yes. I look great. Whatever, yes. and all it does is it reinforces yes. the uh, the irrational side. It reinforces that. It makes that stronger. And like we know, like I know, but I don't know how to respond to that. What am I? Because if I say, oh, okay, yeah, no, you're right. I I do look good. Well, then comes the feeling of arrogance and narcissism well if i admit that i look good yes well then people are going to think that i'm narcissistic now they're going right. to think i'm arrogant now they're going to think right. i'm an asshole right and, yes. and you, it's a it's a catch-22 you can't win and yeah. i understand people want to help but that's not the way to do it what would be your best suggestion and way to help i mean i think the best thing uh, just like i said before is empathy right understand and relate to that person maybe try to change the conversation but if you can't say hey i know you you're feeling this way about yourself i understand that you're feeling this way about yourself you know that's irrational right okay yes i know that's irrational okay do you do you want to go somewhere else until you feel better okay do you want to talk about something else yeah you know being supportive without trying to it, it's almost a, an unintentional discount of the way that person is feeling at that moment it's the same thing with anxiety it's the same thing yeah. with depression 
Uh, and I think a lot of people that deal with those things can probably relate to what I'm saying. Absolutely. And I think that is a nice way. If someone said, you've actually used that to me yesterday mm-hmm. um, and called me out on it after we had lunch. And I was like, yeah, I, I did feel better. Um, I know for me, so goal setting, right? And self-affirmations. Self-affirmations up to a point, but kind of like you said, I still have that voice in my head that sort of blocks that self-affirmation where I'm like, oh, no, I feel good today, or body positivity, I might have another voice that says, no, you're still fat, or something. And so fighting against that is, is tricky. But with goals, like, when I was on a really good workout kick, mm-hmm. I at least was getting those endorphins and feeling good and felt like, all right, you know, maybe I'm not the perfect body I want, but I'm taking steps in the right direction. And so anytime I started feeling like, oh, shit, I hate what I look like, I was able to go, will you try today? And you were working mm-hmm. hard today, and yeah. that little progress. bit was was huge. Yeah, I, I made a step in the right direction. I ate a little bit better today. I worked out a little bit harder today. Now that could turn into a whole other obsession. And I've seen guys who work out maybe excessively too much to overcompensate. Sure, it's a different story. Yeah, muscle dysmorphia. Absolutely, that's certainly that's yeah. certainly a piece of the puzzle that is body dysmorphia. Absolutely, but I've noticed for me at least, like starting there. So, yeah, getting the empathy from friends, but at least with yourself, going out there and going, okay, maybe work on some of those things that you have, mm-hmm. some dysmorphia on, and taking it into your own hands a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a big believer that the the best way to make that change is to do it yourself, right? Like, nobody can, nobody can fix body dysmorphia for you, and you can't probably fully fix body dysmorphia yourself. Right, it's something that you live with. No, yeah, it's going to be something. That, I mean, you can always go see a therapist, right? Sure. Um, and but it is something that you're just going to, like you said, you'll have to live with. So it's more dealing with uh, finding ways to and methods to handle and deal with the dysmorphia on a daily basis, so that it doesn't cripple you, it doesn't depress you, help you something you can have exactly. and handle. Ex- exactly. Um, I do want to touch on the muscle dysmorphia. So, you know, and also the fact the body dysmorphia. I know me and you struggle with fat weight, but there's also guys that have the reverse, which is they're, they're skinny and want to be bigger, mm-hmm. or uh, they're muscular already, but they want to be more muscular. Mm-hmm. So it's not always just about fat to thin. It could be different directions with that. Sure. It's, it's your body in general. You're sure. I mean, that's why we have your you know, body. the gainer community. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just like your body, you're just unhappy with, whatever size it is currently. But there is... like I, I've heard some bears be sort of disgruntled with the muscle bears that come in because... They work out all the time. They have some of those bodies that they wish maybe they want or they appreciate. And then, like you said, there's that hierarchical issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but even those guys have muscle dysmorphia. And I know that you are a former powerlifter, and you've worked out with one of those guys. Strong man. <laughs> strong man powerlifting, yeah. yeah. And you know a lot about that side of it. So can you tell me like what goes on with that side when it comes to the muscle yeah, sure. I mean, first off, let me let me just preface this by saying yeah. that I I never saw myself really as uh, quote unquote a muscle bear, whatever that might be, or whatever the qualifications are, the minimum requirements. Um, yes, I for uh, a long time in my twenties, I, I had a goal in mind of uh, becoming the first openly gay uh, strongman that was a pro, and then unfortunately, um, Rob Kearney beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I have a lot of experience in the community, but um, I'm not not a, uh, a professional. I'm not sure. a trainer or anything like that. Uh, this is a complex issue, right? So, Huge. 
it's not just muscle bear versus chubby bear or, or, or whatever you know I don't want I don't want to uh, make the mistake of oversimplifying what is a more complex issue with hierarchy and how we um, uh, label ourselves right and how we enforce hierarchy upon ourselves um, I think sure one of the issues is is jealousy I'm sure right um, this this guy oh he must have it so easy he must have it so easy it must come so easy to him because he looks like that he looks great you know he, he's, he's got a ton of muscle he's got the body type I always wanted but I couldn't get there um, but I think thinking of it in terms of that's it is is um, it's too simple um, I think a lot of muscle bears maybe are misunderstood most of them that I know are rather introverted um, right they they're very just sort of focused on themselves and that's not necessarily a bad thing um, yes of course there are plenty of muscle guys both in the bear community and elsewhere that are assholes there's a lot of chubby bears out there that are assholes it's just people yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are just assholes. That's just how it is. Uh, I, I think that it's dangerous to categorize like any person. I, I actually did um, experience this some when I was at my peak with training. Uh, I started to get treated kind of differently than I had before. Um, sort of an assumption that I was going to be a jerk to somebody, so they didn't even bother talking to me. Oh, like a negative. Yeah, it was a projection, wow. an assumption that I was going to be shitty towards them, so they didn't even try. And then if someone, you know, asked about me or, or anything like that, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a jerk, he's an asshole, but, but you've never <laughs> met me. You've never <laughs> talked to me before. You don't know me. What do you mean? Wow. Um, that's a huge level of bias right there. And that's 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 the point that I'm getting at, the larger yeah. level of bias, right? I can, I can relate my experience, but let's be honest, like, nobody is all all mean all good all bad of course yeah people are layered people are complicated people are complex um i i one of my favorite um one of my favorite sort of adages i guess you could say uh that i think relates here is that hurt people hurt people yes so many of us regardless of physicality we hurt we're in pain we went through traumatic experiences. We went through unimaginable sometimes experiences. And it is very difficult to fix that within us, to function well with that in us. Uh, some people do a much better job than others. I think sometimes body dysmorphia is actually more than sometimes i think a lot of the times body dysmorphia is born out of, of trauma and disappointment and abandonment and rejection um and all of those things that make up unfortunately so much of our community community is so deeply rooted in pain yeah um and i think that that manifests in all kinds of different ways uh sometimes it manifests in being obsessed with your physicality yeah. and trying to reach some some impossible pinnacle standard with your body yeah. that you're never going to reach. And and that could be uh, thin, that could be fat, that could be muscle, that could be anything. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, I've, I will always preach, at least attempting to understand someone else's experiences 
it may be very difficult for you as a, a listener out there to relate if you're not to relate to somebody that is super muscular maybe you feel like they're just in a completely different class of people a different species you could never understand them you could never do what they do i don't get it so i'm not even going to try um and let's be real a lot of those muscle guys do the same thing because they feel like they don't have to right they get everything or at least it's perceived that they get everything handed to them so they don't have to try yeah that will back to your story when you said you're being treated differently, I actually assumed that it was people were being nicer to you. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. Not I, at all. <laughs> I see it now that you said it. Yeah. But I, I honestly was like, oh, people are probably being more flirtatious or like letting him get away with things. Uh, I'm not a person who really tries to test the boundaries of getting away with things to begin with. No, but like <laughs> that just tells me my own bias, right? That right. Most of right. people have it a certain way or something. Sure, a lot but of that's them my do. body what yeah. I want versus yeah. what I have versus what I think, not all, you know, relate. I know that some of that was born out of um, people saw that I would I had ambition and motivation and drive for something, and I think I became a bit of a mirror for people. Okay. Um, I think that they saw somebody who had been just sort of like a fat, chubby dude really put in a lot of work for a goal, right? And I think a lot of them, too, assumed that I was doing it so that I would be seen as more attractive in the community, but I could have cared less. No, it was your own goal, your own Yeah, it wasn't about that. Um, yeah. yeah, well, you strong know, man. Strong man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's okay, you'll get it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure there was, there was definitely people that were nicer, but I was always very keenly aware that they were being nice for one specific reason, and it wasn't because they liked me or my personality or who I was as a person or the charitable things I had done. It was because... I had a certain level of muscle mass, and that was it. Yeah. So, um, okay. sure, were some people nicer? Yes, but to a point. So you touched on it earlier, but as a community, because you mentioned it as an individual, how we can be supportive, but how can we as a community be more supportive in general? I mean, I... I'd say one of the biggest things is we've got to stop cannibalizing each other, right? We, we've got mm -hmm. to stop tearing each other down to make ourselves feel good. One of, one of the best things my father ever said was that um, there are two ways that you could be, or there's two ways you could build the tallest building. One is to just build the building taller than everybody else, but that requires a ton of work. Yeah. The easier method is to tear all the other buildings around you until you're the only one left. <laughs> and I think that's so... That's, prevalent that's in this community yeah. that we are so uh we're in so much pain and hurt and distress that it almost makes us like physically ill or violent sometimes when we see other people in the community that are being successful or that we perceive them as yeah as achieving something we wanted yeah that's insecurity of course completely um you can see that without just being in the gay community too. People are like that in general, sadly. Um, but we need to do better about, yeah, just being nicer, checking yourself too, and being like, wait, if I'm jealous or angry at this person, why? Right? Being a little bit more self-reflective. Our community now, it's all about like, let's cancel each other. Let's uh, mm -hmm. let's let's build the tea. Where's the drama? Let's you know, uh, what does she do this time? You know, like, oh shit, she's messy. Like. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because we want to look better than them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's part of it. That's it is. That's like, it's oh, our this, culture now. This our guy's culture. messy. Oh, well, he's not attractive anymore, and I feel better now. Like, sure, it's shitty, but exactly the failings of others make us feel better. And I mean, look at look at YouTube. Look at uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, look at any of it, right? We have all of these drama channels that go over. The, the hatred on Twitter, the people, you know, coming for somebody because something that they said was perceived a certain way and because it was perceived that way, well, that must mean that that's how they feel and let's, you know, let's attack them. We're so uh, hell-bent on um, tearing ourselves apart from the inside that it, I think it's going to take a lot of effort from a lot of people to step away from that and go, no, you, you know what? I would rather raise people up, regardless of whether or not I might be jealous of them, regardless of whether or not um, they make me feel insecure. They're still a person. Yes. They're still worthy of love and praise and acceptance and support. Everybody in this community is. I agree with you, and I try to practice that myself. Um, it's part of the reason why I, you know, I, I've always been inclusive with people in groups, always respond to people online, because I don't. They're people that, you know, they have feelings just like I do. They've got emotions. Exactly. Um, when it comes to the future, right, what do you hope for? Like for the community? For the community, for body dysmorphia. What would you, if maybe a wish or something maybe you can see, maybe not next year, but 20 years, 30 years, what would you like to see in the future when it comes to handling body dysmorphia and, and how that goes into the future? Sure. I mean, I hope that over time we realize that it's not a joke, right? And it's not something that's minor. It's a it's a serious condition. Um, it's a it's a condition that a lot of times needs uh, therapy to deal with. Um, and I think that that will happen over time as uh, as therapy becomes more acceptable and talked about and open in the community. As I've already seen, you know, the mental health awareness becoming so much more. Um, important to talk about which is a good thing yes sure. and and accepting to talk about that to be open about that um uh, and and to understand where people are coming from when they see that and to not discount how they feel just because yeah. you think they're attractive or yeah. you think that they have something great right that doesn't mean that that person can't feel that way sure and uh overall just i hope for more understanding and empathy and support for each other not just the people you want to have sex with <laughs> yeah yeah and and when it comes to body dysmorphia too having better ways as a society for like you said support and for us to learn just naturally how to be more body positive and self-accepting and self-loving um body dysmorphia is so ubiquitous it's very common um and for anyone that's listening i this is why I'm doing this podcast is for this exact reason. I want people to realize that they aren't alone in these feelings. And no matter who you think you see on Instagram or on Facebook or in person at the bar, like you were saying, like we all deal with it to some degree and especially so much in the gay community. So if you're ever feeling low or feeling those things, you know, definitely have someone to reach out to, to could be that support. Um, you can reach out to me if you'd like. Um, that's the whole idea of this, is we wanted to talk about how body dysmorphia is impacting 
um, each other and the community and, and what exactly it is. So uh, with that, Jake, do you have any final thoughts or anything that you want to say? Uh, sure. I actually, I've read a couple of books that I think helped me some come to understand yeah. why we as a community operate the way that we do. Uh, one was uh, The Velvet, Velvet Rage, Rage. Yes. yes. By, uh, I think it's Alan Downs. Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. I'm going to pause really quick and say, if you haven't read The Velvet Rage, stop what you're doing right now and go buy it, and then listen to it, because it, or read it. I listen to it in my car, but like, it is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's definitely from the point of view of somebody that is just gendered and, and white, you know, I, I think it misses some of the points that uh, could be expanded upon to help trans people or people of color, but it's a great book overall. You know. um, another one would be uh, The Body Keeps the Score, uh, and that is by Bessel van der Kolk, and that is, uh, that's a great book to that discusses... Um, how trauma can physically rewire your body to think and feel and act differently. And um, it definitely helps to, to tie in with this. Uh, so those those two books, I would say, are great reading if you're more interested in finding out sort of root causes for why people go through this. Yeah. And I think maybe if you feel this way, maybe those books can highlight some things you didn't think about for yourself, which can be helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jake. It's been great talking to you about this. I know this is a fairly heavy topic, but it's something that we both relate to, and I really can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this with me. Of course, yeah. I was happy to do it. Yeah. So thank you, Jake. And for those listening, thank you so much for listening to The Bear Share Show. Uh, Please feel free to uh, follow The Bear Share Show on Spotify and um, Apple Music or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. And then feel free to follow The Bear Share Show on Facebook, and Instagram. So thank you very much, Jake Briscoe, for everything. You are amazing. And thank you. I hope to uh, maybe do another episode with you sometime. Yeah, I definitely look forward to it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening to Brescia's show, and have a great day.